and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Resolution 235, a joint resolution to be entitled Application for a Convention of the States. The House resolves the Senate concurring. The gentleman from Alamance, Representative Verdell, is recognized to debate, debate the joint resolution. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. A million seconds ago was about February 24th or 25th, a million seconds. A billion seconds ago was 32 years ago. A trillion seconds ago was 32,000 years. Our current national debt is approaching $32 trillion. There is no plan how to pay it off. There is no reserve. There is no means. If you include off-budget items that are unfunded mandates in the future, we have over a $100 trillion debt. And again, there is no plan, there's no reserves, there's no funds from which to draw to pay that off. That just highlights one of the several problems that this joint resolution seeks to remedy. Section 1 of the resolution reads as follows. The legislature of the state of North Carolina hereby applies to Congress under the provisions of Article 5 of the Constitution of the United States for the calling of a convention of the states limited to proposing amendments to the United States Constitution that will impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of office for its officials and for its members of Congress. The speaker gave a very good explanation of how Article 5 works. I just want to highlight one point for you. While it's called a convention of states, I would ask you to think of it more like an intervention of the states. The federal government is addicted to deficit spending, and again, there is no plan anywhere. It is a bipartisan problem, and there is no solution proposed currently. If you have in your family or have had in your family the tragedy of a drug-addicted individual, you know how hard it is to get them off of that drug. And you have to, as a family, if you love that individual, if you care for that person, you have to do an intervention in your family. The federal government gives no signs of actually restraining itself. So it's up to us. In the Constitution, as originally written, was this part of Article 5 to allow us as state legislators to insist on proper behavior of our national government. That's what this does. So I hope you'll vote green. Thank you. What purpose does the gentleman from Guilford, Representative Hardister, arise? To debate the resolution. The gentleman's recognized. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Members, I just want to briefly explain why I support this bill and why I'm a sponsor of this bill. In North Carolina, our state constitution requires us to balance state budget and it's worked very well for us here unfortunately the federal government has not done the same and i'll direct your attention if you're so inclined to the u.s debt clock if you want to look at your device the, the website is usdebtclock.org you can see there that the national deficit is over 31 trillion dollars uh, the debt per citizen is over 94 thousand dollars the debt per taxpayer is over 246 thousand uh, dollars deficit spending is, is increasing and then uh, the, the trend line is alarming 
uh, the, in 1960, the U.S. federal debt to GDP ratio was 53%. In 1980, it's 35%. In 2000, it's 59%. And today, it's 120%. And, and there's no abatement in sight. Uh, what was it that Einstein said, doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result is, in, is insanity? And I think that's kind of where we are now. Um, the Committee for a Responsible Budget is, is a bipartisan organization, and they've come together, Republicans and Democrats, and they've looked at the, the current trajectory, and they've detailed why it's alarming, why something needs to be done about it. And I'm going to read some of that to you. Number one, it threatens economic vitality. The recent surge in deficit spending has contributed to rapid near-term inflation and over time will result in higher interest rates, slower economic and income growth, and a small but increased risk of financial crisis. Number two, it places a strain on the budget. The federal government currently spends as much on interest payments as it does on most of our safety net programs combined, and interest is projected to become the largest government expenditure within the next 30 years. As interest and mandatory spending dominate a greater share of the budget, our government's ability to invest in new priorities will be limited. Number three, it creates geopolitical challenges. With large portions of our debt held by foreign investors, a substantial share of our national income goes abroad. We are consequently left with fewer financial tools to manage conflicts with other countries when they have increased leverage over our country. Another point that they cited is that it makes responding to new emergencies more challenging. High deficits and debt, particularly if coupled with high inflation or interest rates, make it hard to borrow in response to recession, pandemic, war, or other le legitimate emergency. And perhaps the most important reason that this is a real problem is what it's doing to future generations. I mean, it, you think about the children of today, and we're saddling them with this burden. It's just simply not sustainable. And so that's the number one reason why I support this bill, and I appreciate Representative Dennis Riddell for his steadfast uh, support for this. Um, it, I think something's got to be done. In fact, I know something has to be done. I think we all know that. But if you look at what the federal government has been doing and what Congress has been doing, they're not solving the problem. And, uh, and I would say, I would submit that members of both parties are blame. Uh, we've, we've had Democratic majorities. We've had Republican majorities. We have Democratic presidents. We've had Republican presidents. And this, this trend continues. An Article 5 convention states, as Representative Riddell discussed, uh, it, it's a perfect way for the states to step up and, and take control of the situation. The, and, and I know there's some concern, some people have talked about the potential of a runaway convention. I really don't see how that's possible. I'm going to tell you why. Number one, we can prescribe to delegates what they can and cannot do when they get there. And number two, whatever they come up with has to be ratified by 38 states. And at the end of the day, this country, United States of America, we're only as good as our people. We're only as good as, as the states. I, I submit to you that this country is not going to tear apart the Constitution or do anything that's going to be antithetical to our Constitution, because whatever we come up with is going to be a positive outcome for this country because it's going to have to be ratified by 38 states. I think that's a very thorough and safe uh, procedure that we can trust. 
That's why I support this. Uh, you know, also support the term limits for Congress as well. I voted for that. But if you're concerned about the debt, if you're concerned about the deficit, I would ask you to ask yourself a question. Do you really think that Congress is going to do something about it? If the answer is no, and I believe the answer is no, then I would urge you to vote for the, in favor of this resolution. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. What purpose does the gentleman from Beaufort, Representative Kidwell, arise? Speak on the bill. Gentlemen's recognized to debate the bill. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. You know, I guess the largest reason we rise to speak on bills is to sway votes one way or the other and try and get our points across and, and hopefully get the outcome we desire. So with that, I'm going to turn to my friends on the other side of the aisle and just let you know that generally the way this is going to happen, the, the, the concept is, because the Constitution doesn't specifically lay it out, is that the state's General Assembly would appoint the people who go to represent the states. And with that said, I want to give you this message. I will make sure I do everything I can to run for that position to go and represent the state of North Carolina. And if that doesn't sway your vote on the other side of the aisle, I don't think anything will. Further discussion or debate? How could there be? Seeing none, the question for the House is the passage of House Joint Resolution 235 on its second reading. All those in favor will vote aye. All those opposed will vote no. The clerk will open the vote. Speaker Moore, aye. Representative Pray, Representative Shepard. Clerk will lock the machine and record the vote. 61 having voted in the affirmative and 55 in the negative. House Joint Resolution 235 having passed its second reading without objection will be read a third time. House resolves the Senate concurring. Question for the House is the passage of House Joint Resolution 235 on its third reading. All those in favor will say aye. Aye. All those opposed, no. Chair, the ayes have it, and House Joint Resolution 235, having passed its third reading, will be sent to the Senate. And just that quickly, the North Carolina House Representatives has passed our Convention of States resolution by a vote of 61 to 55. So this is a monumental day in the history of Convention of States. Our resolution was I have to call it fast-tracked in the North Carolina House of Representatives. It was just heard in the House Rules Committee and passed by that committee yesterday, put straight on the floor today directly, and received both its second and third readings as required by North Carolina law today. So our Convention of States resolution has now officially passed the North Carolina House of Representatives. And again, that vote was 61 to 55. The resolution will now make its way over to the Senate, where we have a little bit more work to do to gain final passage in North Carolina. But North Carolina, I am pleased to announce, is now in the running to become state number 20 to pass the application for a convention of the state's 
to propose constitutional amendments that would impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and set term limits for federal officials and members of Congress. Now, I want to go to our regional director extraordinaire, Grant Martin, who is standing by to give his reaction, and you'll see Grant is recovering from a surgical procedure, so he's got the neck brace on there, but I know he was going to be at his screen watching this historic moment in North Carolina. Grant, thanks for joining us, and what do you have to say about what you just saw in the North Carolina House? Well, I have to say, first and foremost, I'm most excited for the North Carolina team. They have worked so, so hard and well-deserved victory. Secondly, I'd say I'm glad the doctor put a put a brace on my neck because Lord knows what what condition my neck would have been in after receiving that news. So very, very excited. It was a lot of fun to watch and looking forward to getting this thing through the Senate now. Absolutely. That's where we're headed next. And Grant, I want to give you a moment to brag about our volunteer team, our grassroots army, because that is what they are in North Carolina. We have for sure one of the best teams of volunteers in the entire nation in North Carolina, and they have been working their hearts out on this for years now. So in a, in, in a few you know sentences, tell us about the North Carolina team. What sets them apart? What is it that makes them so great and so impactful there on the North Carolina legislators. Oh man, I tell you what, it's it's hard to summarize in a couple of sentences. But being a regional director now for I think about five or six years, I've, I've had the opportunity to see teams as they as they kind of turn that corner, really start gelling together, and it's been been a lot of fun watching that with the North Carolina team. You, you know, when there's What's so neat and fun about it, I think, is when you see the number of contacts that are being made by the number of different people that are developing uh, relationships with their legislators. You know, it's not just an LL, it's not just the state director, it's not one or two regional uh, captains. It's the whole gaggle of them. And they're all getting together, they're sharing that information. They're all working towards a common goal and they're just engaged. They engage with one another, they engage with the process. They, they focus on their strong points and they build themselves together as a team. So it's just an awful lot of fun to watch them do that and operate. Yeah. And I understand that that North Carolina team has really just almost had a constant presence there in the legislature. I know that when legislators show up somewhere, that team is there and that has included the Capitol. Is that correct? And can you tell us uh, a little bit more about that? Sure, they have a capital brigade that goes there every every Wednesday. And, of course, in North Carolina, the, the legislative calendar is more like a suggestion than, than any sort of calendar. But it doesn't matter as long as, you know, and they have to reserve the spot in, in the lawn for the uh, to be there. So a lot of times they're there with signs, you know, encouraging signs to get the, our resolution passed. Uh, but they're, every, every Wednesday they're there, if there's a legislative event, they were there for a couple different inaugurations this, this year, getting uh, people sworn in. So, uh, you know, lo lots of fun. If, if there's a there's a presence of a legislator there, chances are there's somebody from the team there, too. Yeah, that is my understanding, and that has a big impact. And, Grant, I understand that we've got some headliners headed out there to North Carolina. 
I know that Michael Ferris is headed out there um, pretty quickly here and Mark Meckler, and they're going to be doing some town hall meetings. So it's not just activity in the Capitol. Um, these legislators and, you know, the citizens of North Carolina are being invited to get involved all around the state. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Oh, yeah, that was, uh, you know, of course, it was really neat. A couple, couple weeks back, we had uh, Mark and Mike were out there on the western side of the state. It was the first event that the two of them had been been together promoting Convention of States, and I think uh, I was told six years, so it was really an honor to be a part of that. Again, in a couple weeks, they're, uh, well, the 14th and 15th, they'll be on the eastern side of the state in the green. Uh, Greenville, and uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, and, a blank on the name of the other city right now. So, Paul, Wilmington, thank you. Um, it's it's going to be a fun uh, fun engagement. It's it's a chance to get uh, get out there and meet some of the teams. So, I encourage you if you're that part of the state, uh, be be on the lookout for emails. Get together with the state team. Joy Ruman is our state director there. I'm sure she she can get you any information you need. I encourage you to go there, be there, learn learn about the team and learn how to be a part of it and just have a good time. It's, it's a lot of fun. That's right. It all starts with showing up. That's 80% of the battle, right? Amen. Grant, thank you so much for the amazing job that you have done leading this huge group of patriots there in North Carolina who has done the hard work to secure this victory today in the North Carolina House of Representatives. Any parting shots, Grant? Well, no, thank you. First off, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here with you, Rita, and to the North Carolina team, each one of you. I can't tell you how proud I am of each one of you. You're just such amazing patriots. Just a lot of fun to be with. And, and I've never met such a dedicated group of people in all my time as, as being here with this organization. So each one of your volunteers out there, thank you. Keep up, keep up the hard work. Keep your head up. Keep plowing forward. There's down days. There's up days. There's one up days for the North Carolina team. But we'll outlast them. We won't let them outlast us. How about that? That's the way to do it. Grant Martin, thank you so much. Thank you, Rita. Have a good day, everybody. If you're just joining us, we just provided live stream coverage of the North Carolina House of Representatives, which just voted to pass our Convention of States application by a vote of 61 to 55. Our application now heads over to the North Carolina Senate, where we have some work to do to get past there. And North Carolina is on the path to possibly becoming state number 20 on the road to 34 states to call for a convention of the states and trigger the very first Article 5 convention to propose amendments in American history. If you're watching today and you're not sure what this is all about or you just haven't gotten involved yet, I would encourage you to go right now. Don't waste another minute. Go to conventionofstates.com, sign our petition, and click on the Take Action tab to get involved and get connected with other like-minded patriots in your state. This is Rita Peters. Thanks for watching. This has been the podcast version of COS Live. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.